Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This is the John Kincaid Show. We do odd things on this show. This is a little bit of a different show. So if I'm going to Disney World next week, we talk about Disney World. We talk about it with you and things like that. We do odd things. Management scratches their head, but they're like, somehow his show has managed to stay on the air for now 14 years on national radio. I don't know how, but I guess it works. Here's John Kincaid. They're still trying to figure it out. Hopefully they never catch up to the truth, right? John Kincaid, CBS Sports Radio, coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans Studios. When you want the ability to adjust your loan options in real time, Rocket can. And we're all about the can people here on this show. The can't people can stay away. We're, 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 we're positive people on this show. We are going to choose to live positively, and that's one of the reasons that I'm positive that you find the show every week on your local affiliates. CBS Sports Radio's proud affiliates, whether you listen on at CBSSportsRadio.com, whether you listen on the Radio.com app, or you can rewind the show and listen back to what you might have missed if you wake up late. Sirius XM 206. There are so many different ways, so many different ways that you can consume the product. I really appreciate it when you do. Kyle Glazer from Baseball America comes up at 20 minutes past the hour. I'm fascinated, fascinated by the talk being, well, is baseball going to just have to cancel the season? I'm going to ask Kyle Glazer, why did these franchises and why did the Players Association and the owners agree to 60-man rosters? Because if the answer isn't that, well, they agreed to a 60-man roster because they knew there were going to be positive tests. Bingo, bingo, bingo. Yes, they knew there were going to be positive tests. So that's the reason they agreed to 60-man rosters. So listen to what we did this week in Major League Baseball. We shut down the Marlins. Because the Marlins had a bunch of positive tests. Quite a few media members, and we're talking blue check media members, saying from what they're hearing, the vast majority of people asymptomatic. Okay? Then the Phillies get shut down for three positive tests after playing the Marlins. When in reality, they had one positive test. Two of the three positive tests were false positives. So, 
Major League Baseball shut down a franchise for a week and had them not play, like a week of rainouts, had them not play games because one person legitimately had tested positive for, uh, for coronavirus. This makes this plan, this 60-man plan, I want to know why it's not being followed. Why is it being ignored? The Marlins will return to play on Tuesday. And I don't care if the Marlins had 12 or 14 players. I can't really keep it straight. How many players on their roster they had to put in, quarantine them up? There should have been 12 or 14 players from the reserve pool that were called up and the Marlins should have been playing games. And for God's sake, what Major League Baseball did to the Phillies' chances this year, look, we're playing for real, right? This is supposed to be for real. This is supposed to count. And Major League Baseball took a team off the field for an entire week. And we now find out that two of the three positive tests that kept them off the field weren't even legitimate. It's an abomination. It's ridiculous. The two of the three tests weren't even. So are you telling me now when we when we've seen that one team had 67 percent of their tests were false positives? Are you telling me now you believe the next positive test you see? Or do we believe half of them are correct? A third of them are correct? I'll ask Kyle Glazer about it. Why did they put 60-man rosters together if they weren't going to use 60-man rosters? Enough of the chicken little stuff. But then we have people saying, when Major League Baseball Commissioner Rob Manfred told Players Association Executive Director Tony Clark that if the sport doesn't do a better job of managing the coronavirus, it could shut down for the season. And the players immediately start, and we talked about Trevor Bauer earlier, talking about it going, yeah, blame the players. Blame the players. Yeah, that's the strategy. I asked Trevor Bauer, what the blank are you talking about? Who do you want us to blame? Who is supposed to be blamed? The Marlins shut down two different franchises for a week. And by the way, kept other franchises from being able to take the field to play those teams. So, Trevor Bauer and anyone else out there, who do you want us to blame? If you're blaming anyone in Major League Baseball's front offices or you're blaming the commissioner, and by the way, the commissioner has a lot of things you can get on him about. There's plenty of things you can be critical with Rob Manfred about. I think he's a pretty feckless leader. He's, he's, he's approaching Gary Bettman territory with me. He's that ineffective. But if you're blaming Rob Manfred for the Marlins not being able to conduct themselves like adults, you're barking up the wrong tree. Makes no sense. Where does personal responsibility of adults come into play? You want to get in on the show? I'd love to hear from you. 855-212-4CBS. 855-212-4CBS. Our toll-free line is sponsored by GEICO. Did you know GEICO right now is offering an extra 15% credit 
on car, motorcycle, and RV policies? Because that's on top of what Geico's already saving you. Additional savings? Sign me up. What are you waiting for? Visit Geico.com to be able to learn more as soon as this show's over. Geico asks you not to, they don't want to have the server get flooded. So they say call right after the John Kincaid show or visit the website right after the John Kincaid show. They don't want you to miss a minute of this show. Now, I don't know if Anthony Lima will be happy if I'm telling people that. I'm not really sure. So Uh, we are looking forward to a big, big football season ahead of us, right? This week is opt out days. It's going to be reportedly be Tuesday or Wednesday. And we've already seen some players opt out of playing in the 2020 NFL season. And honestly, though I, I do believe you cannot, you cannot question someone's decision-making process in this. You cannot, I don't believe you can. I don't believe it's fair game. I think it's more... It's, it's more idiotic than asking a black man playing in the NBA if he thinks black lives matter, which we got into earlier today. It's that dumb. It's that mind-numbingly dumb if we get to that point. But, I mean, we, we're looking for the NFL to come back. I'm wondering, Anthony, if I was to say to you now, between now and Tuesday or Wednesday or whatever is going to be the update date, uh, do you think we're going to have any really prominent names? Like I'm talking about a prominent name that would shake the sport that decides to sit it out. And I'm not saying C.J. Mosley isn't, by the way, uh, but I don't know what his circumstance is or otherwise. Yeah, but I mean, I don't think it would even even if it's a real high level player. I mean, I don't, I don't see any way that like it shakes the sport or. Well, what if what if like uh, seriously, what if a we woke up on Tuesday morning? And Tom Brady says, I can't do this. What if, um, what if um, Deshaun Watson woke up in the morning on Thursday and said, I, on Tuesday and said, I can't do this. I can't risk this this year. What, I mean, what do you think would happen in the sport? I mean, you would have to wonder if other than, you know, players would see that and then decide to opt out themselves then. Yeah, that's, that, that's what I'm wondering right now. That's what I'm wondering right now. Are you watching? Is there any is there any NHL going on right now? I do not have any on the monitors in my studio. Is there any NHL? How early does it start today? Not this early. Uh, because noon. because I'm telling you, all day NHL is pretty awesome. It is pretty awesome being able to see that and a lot of uh, and a lot of great stuff coming out of the NBA too. This is fun. This is fun having sports pretty much twenty four seven around the clock. Being able to see anything we want at any time. You want to get in with us, you can. 855-212-4CBS. Share a thought with us here on the John Kincaid Show. Todd in Cleveland jumps on board. Todd, what's going on, brother? Yo, John. Yeah, Todd, what's going on, man? So naturally, you would love hockey. You coached, you coached high school hockey for a couple I of did. years, didn't you? Coach, I coached many years, yes. And, um, uh, and I worked in the NHL for a coaching staff and then... Worked as a pregame, postgame, between periods television and radio host in the NHL for seven seasons. So I have a lot. I have a lot of love for it, but I don't. I don't really watch it much anymore, though. I honestly don't. Since Gary Bettman gave our team away to Winnipeg, uh, I, I root for the Vegas Golden Knights. That's my team. Well, 
as as popular as the sport is, I still consider it an underappreciated sport. So it's, do it's, I. It's a pretty yeah. live sport, man. I think it's for I think it's their fault though that they're underappreciated. Of Seriously. course, I think it's their fault. Of so. course, it's a business. You are responsible for generating business for yourself. So Correct. if you don't get it done, it's your fault. That's good. <laughs> so there you go. That. But in reference to the person, I want to make sure I was clear on the question when you were referencing where does the personal responsibility start? Is, yes. Is, were you, would a better question be where does it end as opposed to where it starts? Because personal, just by virtue of it being personal responsibility, you know it starts with the individual, Right. Correct. Well, what I'm saying is, is that why would why would Trevor Bauer or anybody and yesterday um, even, uh, you know, there were people saying if the look at these people blaming Major League Baseball players for the problems going on right now with coronavirus. Who else are we to blame when a team breaks protocol and we have two different teams that broke protocol and have had positive tests because of it? Like, I don't know. Who are we supposed to blame? Well, I'm going to say this, because this is, and let the next person come through. I was taught this at an early age. You're on the team during the season. You are on the team when you're on the field, and you're on the team when you're off the field. You have responsibilities when you are not on the field, on, on the court, that you need to adhere to in order to maintain yourself to come back on the field or on the court again. So it's a team effort. So it's not it's not as much as who, it's as much how many. You know what I mean? I think it's good. Yeah, that that is a, that's a that's a good way to look at it. Is you're a part of the team, and like I always did, if I asked my team to do something, I I would do it with them when I coached. But I was a young man at the time. I don't even know, I don't know if I could do it in my fifties. <laughs> but like if I was asking my team to run the stairs, like if they if they were facing some sort of a penalty and we're trying to do some conditioning, and we ran the stairs, I ran the stairs with them. Like I would like I, I felt that that was a way to say we're all in this together. Yep. And and I'll tell you this much in a lot of locker rooms that I was around and that I observed as in professional sports when I worked for professional sports teams. I can tell you this. There's a lot of locker rooms where somebody would have gotten a bloody nose or gotten their backside kicked if they caused the entire team to have to be sequestered. Or I'm wondering where that responsibility comes, the policing of inside the locker rooms within baseball. That should also be considered an issue of business because yep. professional athletes, as much as they're on a team, they also are generating money. And it is, it is not a good thing to cause nope. a negative compromise to somebody else's money without their consent. That's dangerous. All right, All buddy. right John. Appreciate it, man. Good to talk to you. Always good to hear from you. Uh, you can uh, get, you'll, I'll take more calls at the bottom of the hour. At 855-212-4CBS. We'll get some more calls in at the bottom of the hour, and I appreciate you all uh, being a part of things here. There is just one little parting thing I want to say here. Antonio Brown's the story that won't go away. So Antonio Brown finds out that he's going to have an eight-game suspension if he ends up signing with anybody. He's going to have a minimum eight-game suspension, and then it could be more. Uh, I I don't know if anybody feels that uh, Antonio Brown is worth it. Talent-wise, he most certainly is an incredible talent. But does anybody really believe that Antonio Brown is worth it? Worth bringing into your organization? If I haven't seen Antonio Brown do the things to tell me, I want to get myself right in the head. I want to get myself right in my heart. I want to get myself right in a position that I can be able to 
figure out what I'm all about and get it fixed. I haven't seen that. And until I see that out of him, I'd want no parts of him in my organization. And I'm surprised that so many people do. They're like, man, why shouldn't Seattle bring him in? Russell Wilson wants him. Just bring him in. I think maybe because Pete Carroll's smarter than that. And he realized that there are people who can tear apart your locker room. And all you have to do is let them in. And that's the problem. All right, we're going to get to a, a, a great discussion coming up. Because I, I want to know, and Kyle Glazer's smart enough to tell me, why in the world did baseball put together 60-man rosters if they weren't going to use them? We'll get to that next. It's the John Kincaid Show, CBS Sports Radio. This is the John Kincaid Show. It's becoming your Sunday habit. This is the John Kincaid Show on CBS Sports Radio. The show is deadly consistent. We either get people who really, really love it or really, really can't stand it. And um, it's sort of like uh, Anthony Piano's Bumble profile. Very similar type of reaction. How's the Bumblebee been, Anthony? Has it been good? A little... The pandemic really taking the bite out of crime there, or what? Got some bees in the hive. You got some bees in the hive? (laughs) Uh, It's unbelievable. Too much. All right, Major League Baseball. Okay, so let me get this straight. We have 30 franchises. They put together 60-player rosters. 30 in one place, 30 in another place. And from the beginning, and I went back and I've read from the time that they came to the agreement, they assumed that there would be positive tests. Yet when there's been positive tests, and I'm not just talking about the Marlins stupid situation, when there's been positive tests, instead, they've reacted hair on fire and shut down teams. I asked Kyle Glazer, who joins us from Baseball America. Kyle, why did baseball put together 60-man rosters if they weren't going to use them. I don't understand it. Well, the biggest thing is you can have a 60-man roster, but in the case of, say, the Marlins, where you have more than half the team getting infected, you have to figure out, okay, is the other half also infected? And you have to figure out as well, okay, now that these guys, you know, how long is this going to be? Again, health is kind of first and foremost here. And so in a lot of ways, you almost, I mean, you're almost, you really do have to listen to the epidemiologists, and a lot of them are saying when you have this many outbreaks this fast, you do need to shut a team down because there's still other players and coaches and other people who have been exposed, and we don't know when that's going to show up and if they're going to transmit that to other people. So if anything, you know, the science has shut them down for, for longer than they were shut down by Major League Baseball. Well, what does the science say to the Philadelphia Phillies then? They get shut down for three positive tests, and it takes them five days to identify to us that they don't even have three positive tests. They have one, and that two of the tests were inaccurate. I mean, this has got to be maddening, because why wouldn't the Phillies then have been? Why did they have to shut them down for a week? Why have Again, why have that big roster if you're not going to use it? Again, overabundance of caution, and this is something, again, we've seen right now, I mean, that's the way Major League Baseball is going to go, and, and I think it's hard to argue against it. As much as we all want to see a full season, we want to see games being played. 
when you have an outbreak the size of the Marlins did, and we know the incubation period of this virus can take a few days, you're going to play it on the safe side. It's just a strange thing. For the Phillies, they, I, I'm telling you, I, I would sue. I, would, I don't know that they can legally because they're all partners. I would sue the Marlins because their entire season has now been put in jeopardy because of the Marlins' choice to not follow the protocols that everybody agreed to play under. Because now, how are the Phillies supposed to make up seven games? They're going to they're gonna have played seven games less than the Braves by the time they get back to play. How are they supposed to make that up playing doubleheaders, not having off days? Then, and, and consider it fair and considerable, uh, not an advantage to everybody else. I mean, this is just the situation of baseball in 2020, and that's something that, you know, they're, they've already adjusted the rules, so doubleheaders are only seven innings to try and keep people healthier. You know, a lot of games are being rescheduled all around the league. The Phillies are not the only team involved in that, and they're going to try and make it up. They have essentially, you know, five weeks to make up seven games now, or uh, seven weeks to make up seven games or so. Um, so you had one extra game a week. They're going to try and make it up that way. It's just a, uh, it's very, very strange. What are you, around Major League Baseball, how are you, when they said they assumed positive tests were going to happen? I mean, I don't understand. So, so they assumed positive tests were going to happen. I've read this from Players Association and Rob Manfred, that they, they agreed that they were going to have positive tests. But was this the plan all along, that they would just shut teams down when they had a positive test? No, they didn't expect positive tests of 20, 20 individuals on one team in right. the first week. There's a very big difference between, okay, we have two or three positive sure. tests, and in that case, they're going to keep playing, and that's what they did with the Marlins initially. And then they realized, oh, well, four positive tests with the Marlins doesn't mean there's only four positives. It means there's four positives right now, and we saw that thing explode within a day or two. So that's where, again, it really just comes down to, okay, how many positive tests are we talking and how quickly? And that's what caught Major League Baseball, and frankly, almost everyone around the game so off guard. Why would Major League Baseball not be punishing the Marlins when they know for a fact that they broke protocol? They're still investigating that. That's first and foremost. There's been a lot of rumors on social media in terms of an actual investigation. That's, you know, they're still looking into it. So you have to figure out exactly, okay, what exactly happened, not what social media says what happened. And once they do that, they're going to have to then figure out in conjunction with the Players Association if they are able to issue any punishments. Early on, it sounds like they're not per terms of the uh, agreements they've made with the Players Association in regards to getting the season underway. So, you know, again, they might not be allowed to, but first, let's see what the actual investigation turns up, not what Twitter says what happened. Well, I know that uh, for one thing I was questioning the other day, being in Atlanta, I was questioning why Major League Baseball had not requested the videotape from the hotel because we're making the request and saying, can we see the videotape of the hotel to see which Marlins players left the hotel? And they were not releasing that. And, and according to the reports that nobody else had requested the videotape. You're, you're not doing much of an investigation if you're not looking at who's coming and going from the facility where they're staying, right? Again, let's let it play out. Let's see if they eventually do. Let's see if everything, you know, ends up being what people say it's being. I'm, I'm hesitant to start throwing blame around when an investigation is not complete yet. Okay, that's good, though. All right, now what do you think of the early baseball so far? Quality of play, energy level of the teams, how they're going about it. What have you thought about it? I mean, on the whole, it's been much sloppier than we're accustomed to seeing. But again, I mean, you can't really blame the players for that. They're 
essentially trying to go out and play regular season caliber baseball after a three-week buildup where they didn't play anyone but themselves with the exception of three exhibition games after being off for three months. We're seeing a lot of defensive misplays. We're seeing a lot of pitchers who are not quite you know, there in terms of their command. And as a result, we're seeing bullpen meltdowns all over Major League Baseball. Um, it, it hasn't been pretty, but at the same time, I don't know if we could have expected anything else, getting these guys on the field under the circumstances they had to come back. Well, tell me about tell me a little bit about the teams that you've really been impressed with so far. Sure. I mean, I think first and foremost, you look at the San Diego Padres. I mean, this is a team that people have been expecting to kind of break through for a couple of years. It hasn't happened. They're one of the few teams playing clean baseball for the most part. They've had some bullpen meltdowns themselves, but... I mean, the Padres were a team that for years did not play clean baseball, terrible approaches at the plate, a lot of defensive miscues, bad base running. They brought in new manager, Jace Tingler, who's unknown. A lot of people pan the hire. It's pretty visible just how much he's tightened the ship. This is a team playing good fundamental baseball. They brought in some new players who have really changed the dynamic of that lineup. They look really good. And the Dodgers are still the beast of the National League, but the Potters are looking like they might be the second-best team in that league, which is kind of crazy. What do you think of the Braves so far and the way that they continue to terrorize the Mets? I mean, the Braves are the two-time defending NL East champion, and the Mets are a team that, while they had a winning record last year, they've, they've kind of been a little bit of a hallmark of dysfunction the last couple of years, especially in that bullpen. I don't really think you can expect anything else until the Mets show they can actually beat the Braves. The Braves are... You know, the kings of this division, and uh, until proven otherwise. Now, do you uh, believe that the Yankees are as monstrous as they appear? Absolutely. I mean, this was going to be the favorite for the American League back in March, the start of the season. They, that stays true here uh, into July with the shortened season. I mean, the Dodgers and the Yankees are the two most talented teams in Major League Baseball, bar none. I'm just wondering with those three-game series that they're going to play, Baseball's playing Russian roulette there, aren't they? I mean, it, and one of, one of their, you could have a great season in a 60-game season, go on out there and lose in a three-game series and end up having some really, really inferior teams just because of a bounce of a ball or one bad pitching effort. I, I'm, I'm still a little surprised by that. Absolutely, and that's the biggest criticism of the 16-team playoff, and I, I agree with it. You're right. You're looking at all of a sudden, you know, one seed versus an eight seed in a three-game series where anything can happen. Yeah, it, there's going to be some, some big upsets in the first round. And for a team like the Dodgers and Yankees, their path to the World Series just got that much harder. Are you tired of uh, sitting on your couch? Are you tired of uh, – do you switch positions that you're watching baseball from? Do you try to move around? You know, I haven't been sitting on my couch too much. I've actually been driving to, to stadiums all, all over good. the West Coast here uh, okay, covering good. games in person. So, uh, well, that's good. How has that been? How has that been? It, it's been very, very eerie being in the stands with no fans. It's, you, know, you, you don't realize how much you grow accustomed to the sound of 50,000 people rising in unison and cheering or booing or just the noise, the sounds of the game. When it's not there, it's, it's eerie. To be honest, baseball feels kind of incomplete. There you go. Kyle Glazer joining us from Baseball America. Check out his work, and we're enjoying the games, and hopefully they will continue. Thanks, Kyle. No problem. Thank you. Appreciate it. You can't touch this. Touch this. You can't touch this. You can't touch this. My, 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 my music.
The show never stops on Twitter. Follow along at John Kincaid. There's something about music in the background to me. I'm not a big music guy. I don't know about you. But uh, music in the background to me can totally change the mood of mood of any situation that I'm in. They say it, what, it calms the savage beast or whatever? Soothes the savage beast? I would completely agree. Completely agree. I love to, love to, I like music just to be more in the background. I, I am not a music guy at all. I get hung up on music trivia, get hung up on all that stuff. It just doesn't, it doesn't resound with me. I could go, man, I love that song. It's like, who performs it? I don't know. I just know, I, I know I like it. I just don't know who performs it. Should we start just playing music underneath you during no. every segment? We'll no, I'm not during. Scotty. I'm not Scotty Farrell. Hey! Not going to do that. Not going to do that. Um, we've done that before. I've, we've actually tried that before, not on this show, but on our local show we've done that before. But um, I'm not a... Uh, I'm not into... I love music when I'm just trying to veg out. I love music. But I'm just not a big music guy. Like, I'm not a big concerts person. You'll hear people like, list your 10 best... Your 10 best concerts? I don't think I could get to 10. I don't think I get... I've been to more than 10 concerts, but if you tell me my 10 best, I'm probably picking some crappy ones. I just, just don't have it going on for me. Alan in Chicago gets in with us this morning. Alan, how are you this morning, buddy? Alan? Okay, we got a button stuck, Alan. Just hold on with us here. There's something wrong with the button. I'm thinking glaze from the donuts. Yeah. Alan, how are you, buddy? I heard the... Ch- so yeah, so we got you now. We got you now. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. I just wanted to say my first concert ever, Mariah Carey at the United Center Butterfly Tour. I went to the Up and Smoke Tour with Dr. Dre, Eminem, and the whole West Coast crew. Wait a minute. And I- You're- your first concert was at the United Center? Mariah Carey. They, I was You're such a my kid. Car. The day of the concert, the day of the concert, they make an announcement on the radio that there's 250 tickets that are suddenly available for people that dropped out. It was 4 o'clock in the afternoon. I went to the, my local grocery store. I, bought, I spent $75. I'm 18 years old. I spent $75 of my own hard-earned money to go on the main floor for $200 tickets I got for 75 Wow. Wow. I um, used to, because I, I used to uh, work in the old Chicago Stadium. I would come in uh, helping out Mike Keenan and his coaching staff when he coached the Blackhawks. And I, lo- I, I wish your first concert had been in Chicago Stadium, because that was a showplace. United I, Center is very generic to me. United oh, Center is so generic to me. It's- we lost you. We lost you. We lost Alan. We didn't even get to talk sports with Alan. Uh, Mitch in New Jersey joins us. Mitch, welcome to the John Kincaid Show. How are you, Mitch? Good, John. Hope you're being safe. Thanks for taking my call. Doing my best. What are you doing? Yes. Yeah. Um, I'm just walking my my pooch. Cody, we, we, oh, we that's both good. need the exercise. That's for sure. What's the dog's name? Uh, Cody. How I'm big is Cody? Good. I guess now now this now this saying is more important. <laughs> there you better, go. Better be lucky than good, right? There you go. That's the way to go. Um. With, with, with the stuff that's going on with baseball, I mean, I'm looking forward to the football season, especially college football, the Pac-12. Dude, they, they really think it's going to 
go on without any hitches. I hope it does can, can go go on. And um, I, you know, I love the recruiting. Uh, USC's got these two good young quarterbacks, 2021 uh, class. J.D. Daniels, such luck. He had a devastating injury last year. Transfers to Georgia, and there might not be any uh, season. Do you think J.D. Daniels can win a job at Georgia? And I, think JT, I think JT. I think JT. I think JT. And appreciate your call. JT Daniels fits Todd Monken, the offensive coordinator at Georgia. What he likes to do, JT Daniels really fits it well. He's a good fit for it. But I'm of the belief that this year's team at Georgia, one of the favorites to go to the college football playoff, is going to be quarterbacked. And it, I believe that you're going to see Jamie Newman is going to be the guy that it gets that first opportunity to transfer in from Wake Forest. If he was to stumble, I could see JT Daniels there. But JT still isn't on the field practicing yet. So until he's, until he's on the field practicing, uh, I would tend to believe he's not going to be able to steal that job from him. Uh, if you want to get in, you can. 855-212-4CBS. 855-212-4CBS. Interesting... Uh, how some things have stayed the same in baseball. I do not, I have honestly, and I want to give the broadcasters credit because I think they've done an, an absolutely amazing job. I have not in any way felt like I've been watching a broadcast and said, man, it just doesn't feel right. This doesn't feel right. This should be, this, it, 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 the crowd noise isn't there or whatever. I think they've done a marvelous job. And a lot of times in media, you have media on media crime, where when something goes poorly in the media, you have other media piling on them. Well, I'm here to speak to every single one of my partners, every single one of my compadres in the media that is doing Major League Baseball right now. And I've got the ticket, so I bounce around games and check out all different teams. You guys are doing a masterful job at this. I mean... I think it's been absolutely amazing what they've managed to pull off. Um, unbelievable to me because if you just watch a game, if I just sat down and I wasn't paying attention to when a foul ball goes into the stands, I would have no idea that there weren't people in the stands. And the quality of the broadcast, I would have no idea that my broadcasters might not even be in the building. That they may be doing the game from... 700 miles away. This isn't easy stuff to do, folks. Now, they're not splitting the atom. But for Major League Baseball broadcasters and those teams, the people who work behind the scenes to put together those broadcasts, I'm, gonna, I'm telling you right now, I'll give you a standing ovation. I'm even sta- I'll even stand for you here. You guys are awesome. Because it has been, the broadcasts have been incredible. They've been incredible. And I don't see the players sagging at all. Like, I don't see them, like, sort of not coming. I, I was wondering whether baseball would be a little listless with no fans. It's been fine. It's been fine. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't think there's been any problems with it. I do find it funny, though, when somebody's just pushing buttons, depending on what happens in the game, to cheer, amp up the crowd noise a little bit. I love it with two strikes. When they, when they amp up the crowd noise in the building like the fans are cheering, when it's a two-strike count, it's actually quite creative. It's been really, really good. 
Uh, got a few people who chimed in on the conversation earlier where Taylor Rooks, you know, decided that she was going to ask a question of Jonathan Isaac of the Orlando Magic and say, because you won't wearing the shirt and because you weren't kneeling, do you believe black lives matter? Do you believe that they matter? A black man being asked, do you believe in Black Lives Matter? And Nate Boyer doing an amazing job, amazing job on Twitter to sum it all up for you. You do not have to kneel to join the fight for racial equality in the United States. And you don't have to stand to love the country and those that fought for it. He says, damn, y'all, come on. It's been four years. The same people who were upset that people critiqued Colin Kaepernick for kneeling, for taking a knee, are now going after people because they now demanding everyone must take a knee. There's got to be some middle ground on this. And again, this is the dangerous ground. Major League Baseball players showed their support for the Black Lives Matter movement. Some of them still wearing... uh, you know, patches and things like that. And they had beautiful ceremonies of unity and everything with teammates and otherwise at the beginning of the year. And you know what they've done? They've also moved on. They've also moved on because they realize their consumers are there for the sport. They're not there for political activism. I've said it before. I don't need Steve Kerr. I don't need Greg Popovich. I don't need LeBron James or anybody else to tell me who to vote for. I don't need that. Now, on their own personal time, do they want to do that? On their own personal Twitter feeds and things like that? Dude, I'm all for it. Go for it. If you want to use your stage, your platform, that's fine. But the sports platform, it's a very dangerous thing. When it's First of all, you're not as intelligent as you think you are as you bloviate about what you think as far as voting and things like that. And it's one of the reasons, and Anthony, we got into it on the show. I had a gentleman send me a very long letter, by the way, you were out last week, Anthony. Gentleman sent me a really long letter saying that I really copped out in 2016 by not voting for either candidate. And he was listening to the discussion on the show. And he said, I have no reason to hear that from you that you didn't vote for either candidate. And we were talking about it in the context of the activism with the NBA. Uh, I don't, uh, I don't need anyone to tell me who to vote for, especially an NBA coach or an NBA player. I'm good. I'm good. I understand my circumstance. I understand my family. I understand my objectives and goals in life. So I don't need you. I don't need you to tell me who to vote for. Brian in Columbia, South Carolina joins us. Brian, you're going to get the last word today. Oh, Brian just dropped. Sorry about that. Brian, we'll try to get to you next week. We'll try to get to you next time. But we had a gentleman uh, really got on me, Anthony. He said that I copped out. He said by not voting for either candidate, for either of the main candidates, that I should have found someone else to vote for. <laughs> I'm like, okay, there's, there's no winning. There is no winning with people on these things. There is none. And that's why on this show, we will not tell you who to vote for. We will not delve into that. I think it's something that the NBA has is, is, is dove into headfirst. 
And now we have players that are being attacked if they choose not to kneel during the national anthem. Now, you'll attack someone for their free will to do that when four years ago you were begging everybody to understand that this man had his free will to kneel and everybody else had their free will to stand and you were screaming about that. We need to get some consistency. And the consistency of messages is important. It's really important. And we don't have it right now. That's because we have too many spokespeople and not a unified message. You don't have to wear a t-shirt to show you're in support of everything. We'll round out where we started today. The Seinfeld episode. When Kramer wouldn't wear the AIDS ribbon. You can go raise money for AIDS research. You can take part in the AIDS walk. And you don't have to wear the ribbon. And you can be just as committed as somebody else. But the demand that people conform, the demand of singularity of thought in 2020 is maybe the most dangerous thing we've got right now. Everything is so tribal, so polarized. At some point, drop your, drop your weapons and let common sense come into the arguments and the discussion. And I think we'll be a far more productive society about it. Hopefully everyone has good health this week. We have more positive things to talk about next week. And we will begin our 2020 NFL preview. I can't wait. Coming up next week. So come up with your first 10 teams out. There's your homework assignment. Thank you, Tony Pierno. You're awesome, as always. Find him on Twitter. And great job, Pete McCarthy. I'll be back next Sunday. John Kincaid Show, right here on CBS Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.